It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community. Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to Cadillac On Call, where each week we are here to give you the latest health and wellness information in our community and region. Today, we'll get you a quick update on the latest COVID-19 statistics, including the latest case counts and hospitalizations within the four hospitals in Benton and Franklin counties. The balance of our hour will be spent discussing cancer care in the community, services and expertise available for women diagnosed with breast cancer, and what effect, if any, the pandemic has had on patients' ability to access care. First, a quick update on COVID-19 in the community. As we move into the month of November, Cases in the area, not to mention around the country, are on the rise. It has been a fear of public health experts, a combination of pandemic fatigue, the colder weather forcing many indoors, that has seen the number of COVID cases rise, and our area is no exception. In Benton and Franklin counties, the latest data indicates 67 cases reported today in Benton County over the past 24 hours, and 28 new cases in Franklin County. Thankfully, no new reported deaths in either county. The number of patients hospitalized in the two counties stands at 29. That number has also risen, but not close to the high numbers that we saw back over the course of the summer. Now, we'll continue to use this program to share COVID-19 information and keep you informed on the latest developments surrounding the pandemic. In the meantime, please be vigilant with hand hygiene, wear face coverings, and maintain proper physical distancing. We're going to use COVID to help us segue into our next topic, which is cancer care in the Tri-Cities area. And tonight, we're fortunate to have with us three medical experts over the course of our hour. First up is Dr. Eric Gamboa. He is a medical oncologist at Cadillac Clinic Hematology and Oncology. And Dr. Gamboa, first, thanks for taking the time to be with us. Why don't you begin with a perspective from a cancer care expert on how COVID has impacted services at your clinic? Uh, Good evening, Jim, and uh, thank you for having me at uh, Cadillac On Call. So I would say that, by and large, uh, the pandemic has not really impacted in a negative way the operations here at uh, Cadillac Clinic Hematology and Oncology. Um, Perhaps at the very beginning of the pandemic, around March or April, we saw um, many patients who were leery uh, of coming to the clinic due to concerns of potentially contracting COVID-19. But around late May, uh, sorry, um, late April, maybe early May and June, we started seeing patients come back and the volumes that we were seeing were back to the pre-pandemic numbers. Um, You know, our clinic, um, along with the other um, Cadillac clinics, uh, were the first to implement uh, temperature screening as well as COVID-19 symptom and exposure questionnaires prior to allowing patients, family members, and even staff uh, to come into the clinic. Uh, And uh, as with any Cadillac clinic, there are measures that are taken um, to ensure social distancing face coverings, as you mentioned, and hand washing. Um, So for the most part, um, there has been no delays in how we have been giving treatments to our patients. The follow-ups have been uh, very timely, and um, the patients are very um, happy at this time that they are being seen and being treated in a uh, timely manner. And I was going to mention that I know over the course of the summer, especially, as you mentioned, 
people were uh, early on especially reluctant to want to seek care, but it wasn't just for cancer care. It was all across the healthcare perspective, whether it was needing to go into the hospital or to see their, their physician or provider in an outpatient setting. And I guess that was the key message over the summer all across the healthcare spectrum was making sure people understood that you know, hey, we have safety measures in place, and it's you do need to go and get those regular screenings and continue with that care that you normally would be getting. That is that is definitely true. Um, you know, I would like to emphasize that um, all the medical societies, the American Medical Association, American Society of Clinical Oncology, uh, and et cetera, they have emphasized that any kind of care, whether it's cancer care, primary care, um, cardiology care, those should uh, the visits to your doctors and the treatments that you are getting should not be delayed because of fear of coronavirus, because the risk of your cancer worsening or your other medical conditions worsening or not being diagnosed or treated is far higher than the risk of actually contracting COVID-19, because there are many measures that are being taken now in the clinics um, to prevent contracting coronavirus. How are things going uh, relative to, I know we just passed the month of October and a lot of focus with breast cancer awareness, and I know that certainly that's a priority throughout the cancer center complex with whether it's at the oncology side of things, the radiation oncology, just the community educational resources to making sure people understand those the, the importance of getting those annual screenings. Are, are you seeing, I guess, people uh, making sure that they're, they're coming in when needed? Because obviously when they get to you and needing the treatment that you provide, they're already diagnosed with cancer. Well, that, that's true. Um, but the uh, Tri-Cities Cancer Center and as well as Catholic Clinic Hematology and Oncology, we continue with our programs to um, uh, encourage uh, screening. Um, there is a program with the Tri-Cities Cancer Center with screening mammograms. For those patients who have been diagnosed with breast cancer and are getting cancer treatment, there are uh, services which give uh, these patients the much-needed support that they need, whether it's support groups which are now being done um, virtually, uh, wigs for those uh, women, or even men who lose their hair uh, from chemotherapy. Um, and again, there is and has always been that multidisciplinary uh, team where the medical oncologist, radiation oncologist, and um, surgeon uh, see the patient um, maybe not all at the same time, but very close to each other. So we continue um, the care that we've been giving pre-pandemic during the pandemic. You brought up the, a topic that we're going to be addressing tonight, and that is that, that multidisciplinary team that you talk about with the radiation oncology team, the medical oncology team, the surgical team, and the support team, and, and the navigation team. Is that what it's all about? Obviously, um, the roles that everyone plays um, are so key to the overall picture. But maybe for our listeners, before you go, what role does the medical oncology side play in all of this? So the medical oncologist is the doctor that uh, delivers systemic treatments. So when patients think of cancer, they think of chemotherapy. That is the type of treatment we give. We also um, give hormonal therapies or immunotherapies. And more often than not, we are the doctors whom the patients will be seeing for the next five years after their uh, initial cancer diagnosis. We are the ones who follow them when they are in remission. We are the ones who 
um, look at their mammograms, look at their CT scans, look at their blood work to make sure that should their cancer come back, that we are uh, detecting that early and giving them the appropriate care. Before we let you leave, I guess maybe just a parting comment about from a maybe a personal standpoint of the work that you do. Obviously, you're seeing people at, at a very important time in their lives, and, and not, all, not all the outcomes end up the way we'd, we'd all like to see them. But what is your role as a medical oncologist and your particular interest in this side of medicine? What does it mean to you to be able to take care of these patients? You know, uh, thank you for asking that question, uh, Jim. You know, part of the reason why I went into medical oncology was because my my mother uh, was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer when I was in high school, and unfortunately, she she did succumb to her cancer uh, about a year ago. As a medical oncologist, I I know I am helping these patients who are going through a very tough time in their life with treatments that are very harsh, um, but there is a satisfaction that um, I have and as I know my colleagues have, when we cure these patients um, and we see that they're able to live their lives normally and happily with their family. Well, I think that's a tremendous way to, to for you to be able to, to share your perspective and, and a concluding comment. We we're so appreciative of you taking the time, and we're going to move to the next phase. I think it's radiation oncology is the next arm of, of where we're going to go. But, Dr. Gamboa, certainly uh, your personal experience, I'm sure, makes you that much more uh, compassionate and, and all about uh, making sure those patients are, are so well taken care of. And we appreciate you taking the time and all that you do uh, on behalf of the patients in our community. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Dr. Eric Gamboa, a medical oncologist with Cadillac Clinic Hematology and Oncology. We're talking all things cancer care and the all of the work and all of the expertise and all of the teamwork that goes into providing cancer care to patients that get it, whether it's breast cancer or any diagnosis of cancer in our community. Back with more of Cadillac on Call right after this. You're listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to the program. You know, pandemic or no pandemic, healthcare still happens. People get sick. People get diagnosed with cancer and treatment and screening and all of those important things need to continue. And so tonight we're spending the hour talking on what that means in the area of cancer care. And in particular, services provided at not only the Tri-Cities Cancer Center, but Catholic Clinic Hematology and Oncology. And now we're going to go back to the phones and visit with Dr. Sue Mandel, who is a radiation oncologist at the Tri-Cities Cancer Center. And Dr. Mandel, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight. Maybe just an initial comment from the radiation side of the treatment perspective of cancer. What has the pandemic meant for patients that you have, you have been seeing over the past several months? Well, thank, thank you for having me. You're and welcome. Good evening, everybody. Uh, we actually, I, I heard Dr. Gamboa's comments, and we early on had something a little bit different. I think many of the patients that I typically see with the breast cancer are in earlier stages. And so although we were continuing to treat patients um, and did a lot of follow-ups via telehealth, we were not seeing as many consults come through. And, you know, remember, people were either not screening 
uh, or if they were screened and had an early diagnosis of breast cancer, I believe when you talk with Dr. Drosch, I believe Catholic had decided to kind of put on hold some of those non-emergent type surgeries. Uh, now everything is sort of back to normal now that you know, the stay-at-home orders have been relaxed and people are now getting in and doing screenings. And certainly, I guess, an important point for people. I know one of the concerns uh, all across the healthcare perspective was people just worrying that it's not necessarily as safe as it might be otherwise to go in and get, get care, let alone cancer care. But certainly, I guess, if uh, you know, the, the cancer care facilities um, require even more stringent uh, safeguards for protection from infection. Yeah, and we were being very careful. We were calling patients prior to coming in. Uh, if they had to come in, we were screening them uh, pretty much to see if they had any symptoms that could be related or family members. When they come into the door, we were also taking temperatures and, again, doing screening. And we tried not to have families come with them, uh, depending on the diagnosis and how advanced something was or how early a cancer was. They may or may not have needed a caretaker with them. So we tried to limit the number of people that were also coming into the center uh, and minimizing, uh, you know, with social distancing and how many people were sitting in the waiting room, pretty much what, what most of the healthcare care uh, centers were doing around the country. Whenever we have the opportunity, I'm sorry, I was going to say, whenever we have the opportunity to speak cancer care, I'm always amazed at, at the, the, the amount of brain power that comes together in the diagnosis and treatment of a patient. And maybe if you would, for say a breast cancer patient, when a woman gets diagnosed, what role does the radiation oncology side of things play in all of this? Well, radiation is a local treatment. And so it's a type of treatment that is very focused. And depending on what stage a breast cancer patient may be in, the number of treatments can be anywhere from twice a day in one week up to uh, daily four weeks and even higher up if it's a more advanced cancer to about six and a half to seven weeks. So, you know, it really would be dependent on ex exactly what the, the diagnosis is and what the overall stage of the cancer is. And early on when we were not seeing as many consults come in to the clinic, we were trying to get out there and tell patients to at least get screened. Um, the thing about when you focus on cancer screening is you're, you're trying to get people in who don't have symptoms. And so those are people who were probably more afraid of COVID and, and put that cancer screening aside. So one of the other uh, information that we put out there was if you find a lump in the breast or blood in the stool, that's something that cannot wait, that you have to get in and call your provider and discuss it with them immediately. And talk to us through that process, because when that diagnosis comes, we touched on a lot of different uh, types of expertise are brought to table as far as to determine that course of treatment, right? Right, right. Uh, we do have our breast tumor board. So when a patient is diagnosed with breast cancer, it will be brought uh, to this board where we have radiation oncologists, medical oncologists, two of the breast surgeons in town, uh, and discuss what's the best option and moving forward in treating these people. So from your standpoint, when someone, whether obviously during this time of year we were touching on in October, I know that the focus 
is on breast cancer awareness, but certainly that should be something that happens all throughout the year with breast cancer. But is that your your key message to women uh, listening at home? Yes, you. Uh, the focus is, you know, do not ignore just routine cancer screenings, whatever they might be, whether it's colorectal or breast. Um, you know, every community is unique, and I know that a lot of people uh, are concerned about the pandemic in the area. So certainly there may be different policies where you go, but in the Tri-Cities, uh, stay-at-home orders have been relaxed, and I think most of the uh, centers and hospitals are now open for people to get their screening. And so we want you to just to go back to what the screening recommendations are from the American Cancer Society and that you can discuss with your family provider. But we do recommend annual mammograms up to a certain age. And certainly if you feel something, that's the time to get in and be seen immediately. One more question for you before we let you go. You touched on the importance of screening, but what other things can we as as patients do to reduce the risk of cancer, whether it's, you know, what we eat, the physical sides of things. What, what is our role in all of this? Well, with breast cancer, we do know that it may be related to uh, poor eating, so uh, diets that are high in fat. If you don't get any exercise or minimal exercise, uh, you're not burning off those fat calories. Uh, if you're heavy already, the goal is to try and lose weight because we feel that many of the breast cancers are fed by estrogen, and estrogen can sit in fat cells in women. Uh, so, you know, don't over uh, drink. You know, one drink a day is what's recommended. Don't overeat. Get lots of exercise and definitely get screened because still mammogram is the best way to find something early. And the earlier something is, the easier it is to treat and the better uh, overall care and your life. And, and what, what role does your mental outlook play? Well, I, you know, being positive when something is found early is extremely important. And I know at the cancer center, we have so many avenues for support for these patients, uh, certainly family becomes a very important role with a caregiver, but also we've got support staff to help you through this. We have a social worker, we have breast navigation, and I, as a physician, I'm always open to talking to, to anybody at any point in their cancer uh, lifetime, I guess, and during treatment if they have any questions about what's happening to them. And finally, is is it is it also important for them to know, regardless of what their their you know their caregiver partner situation may be, that you know maybe they don't have family members close, but there are that as you mentioned, these support services available at the cancer center and other places in the community to help patients when they're needing that extra help. Yes, exactly, and the and the cancer center, the Tri Cities Cancer Center, has that. And when patients come in for consultation, they immediately meet either with a breast nurse navigator or one of our social workers. Well, Dr. Mandel, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I know uh, the role that you play in the team at the Cancer Center with radiation oncology play. It's, it's such a vital part of that, that cancer treatment and cancer diagnostics here in our community. We appreciate all that you and your team do throughout the year. Uh, we appreciate it. Dr. Sue Mandel, a radiation oncologist with the Tri-Cities Cancer Center, back with the second half of Catholic on Call right after this.
listening to Cadillac On Call on 610 KONA. This program is not a substitute for direct consultation with your own health care provider. Always consult your health care provider for your specific condition, especially if you have or suspect you may have a medical problem. Now back to Cadillac On Call. Here again, Jim Hall. Welcome back to our program, and tonight, if you're just joining us, we have been talking about cancer care in the community, and whether it's breast cancer or any other diagnosis of cancer, uh, how you would be navigated through your cancer care and treatment. Tonight, we're focusing a little more detail on breast cancer because there's a very nice collaboration among the health experts in the community when someone gets a diagnosis of cancer care. And so throughout the program, we've covered the medical oncology side. We've covered the radiation oncology side. And now we're going to talk the surgical oncology side. And we're happy to have with us Dr. John Drosch, who is a breast surgeon with Catholic Clinic uh, here in the Tri-Cities. And Dr. Drosch, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so we appreciate any time that you can be with us to to share your, your wisdom with us. But why don't you begin by maybe on a topic of breast cancer, first of all, let's maybe walk through when someone gets a diagnosis of breast cancer and how that how that goes from diagnosis to the beginning of treatment or the course of treatment. Sure. Well, first of all, Jim, thanks again for having me on. It's always great to chat with you. Um, So typically, um, we pick up most breast cancer by screening mammogram. Uh, As you may have discussed earlier in the program, screening mammogram is one of the best ways, actually the best way, to find early-stage breast cancer before um, a woman can actually detect it by physical exam. Although we, we often endorse self-breast exam or clinical breast exam for women, actually mammogram is going to find things much earlier. And so oftentimes if a, uh, a woman goes through a mammogram and we see an abnormality, we may request additional tests to further evaluate that finding. So you may, a woman may end up getting an ultrasound or some other diagnostic imaging, which may then ultimately lead to some form of a, of a biopsy. And if that biopsy um, <clears throat> demonstrates breast cancer, then they will often be referred first to the surgeon, which is what I do. So then in, in that case, uh, obviously that I know you try, uh, and we'll get to the, the, con- the, the topic of navigator. We've heard a little bit already in the program, mm-hmm. the importance of that role. But when someone right. gets that, obviously, you know, the, there's that stress level that's building up when you're wanting to know, one, if it is cancer, and two, to what extent it is. So all the more importance right. to have a collaborative team. That's, that's right. Uh, you know, and that, that starts really at the, um, with, with the imaging. And I know one thing that we've uh, spent great effort in trying to condense is the actual time from identifying an abnormal finding on mammogram to biopsy because, understandably, if a woman is told that, she has an abnormal finding on her mammogram. She doesn't want to wait three weeks to come back and get a biopsy. So first of all, we've tried to really, um, really condense that time. If unfortunately uh, she is found to have breast cancer, the call will often be made to the primary care provider if one is involved, and then you know hopefully they can reach out to our breast cancer nurse navigator, as you've mentioned, um, Alyssa Howell, who is essentially the glue to our program. Although we have multiple um, providers in our program, as you mentioned, the radiation oncologist, the medical oncologist, and the surgeon, in addition to the the radiologists and the pathologists, 
weirdly, we need someone that's going to help guide that guide those patients through that program. And so she is a wonderful wonderful first call for anybody that's been recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And she will make um, you know the the appropriate um, handoffs and referrals to to help women navigate the program. So, for example, if if that patient gets to you for a surgical procedure, uh, obviously that 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 could be uh, is like those are all done at the hospital, correct? Or do yeah, are they necessary? Yeah, I mean they're they're done either at the hospital uh, or they're done at the, the surgery center. I know currently we are trying to um, ramp up some of our uh, resources and equipment at the surgery center so we can broaden the number of cases and the types of, of breast cancer cases that we can do there because by and large most of the breast cancer cases uh, that I do are are outpatient and so um, you know we really want to give women a, a a good experience but at the same time they don't want to be they don't want to be in the hospital or the surgery center longer than they need to be so we're really trying to develop a nice efficient uh, process for them which which I think we really do have and you bring up an interesting point to me is so then you have to if you if your services are required where you do a surgical procedure of some sort, and then then the follow up it might uh, require radiation and medical or or both one or the other. How is that determined? Well, a lot of times that's why women will come to the surgeon first because determining those additional therapies is going to be based on the type of surgery. Uh, and then uh, w- after women go through the surgery, we're going to need to um, get a better understanding of what their pathology report reads. And so if a woman comes back with positive lymph nodes, uh, meaning having cancer in the lymph nodes, that's obviously going to change our therapy um, based on that finding. And so, um, you know, surgery is really important in gathering a lot of that information to help make future decisions about a woman's care. Interesting. And so, so in that case, uh, it could be a combination just depending upon what the pathology, the type of cancer, and the type of procedure that you do in the operating room. Yeah. And um, so that's why it's usually a first good start for, for women to see, see the, the surgeon just so we can sit down and talk about those options. Uh, one of the things I would, I would really like to emphasize is uh, we, we, we strive for breast conservation, meaning we strive to give women a good cancer operation, but preserve the look of the breast at the same time. Uh, there was a time a long time ago, decades ago, when women would come in with a diagnosis of breast cancer, and there was just one option, and that was to remove the entire breast and all of the lymph nodes in the armpit. Uh, we call that a modified radical mastectomy. And we begin to suspect that maybe we we were being a little too aggressive with that approach, particularly for women that had small breast cancers. Well, we have since um, determined after, you know, multiple big trials uh, looking at thousands of women that lumpectomy, where just the tumor and surrounding breast tissue uh, is removed, along with some radiation, is equivalent to mastectomy. So survival outcomes are no better with more aggressive surgery than a lumpectomy and radiation for many women. So it's really opened up this whole new era of providing women with great cancer care, but doing it in a cosmetically sound way. And how has the, I guess, the the, the nature of survival changed? Oh, you, you mentioned 
you know, that balance, striking that balance of doing the job, so to speak, but also preserving, you know, the breast tissue and, and the cosmetic side. Mm-hmm. But how has the survivability with the type of work that you do and, and not to mention the medicines and the treatments that are available, how has that changed over time? Uh, dramatically for the better. So if you look in the 1950s, about only about 60% of women lived through breast cancer. That number today, 95%. But actually, it doesn't have a lot to do with what I do, meaning surgery has become much less aggressive in those decades between the 1950s and today. What has improved are our chemotherapy agents. Our chemotherapy agents are so good and so powerful now that we are able to uh, improve outcomes for almost all women. So um, that's why I say, you know, it's, it, we've really streamlined our surgical approach knowing that aggressive surgery doesn't improve outcomes. It's the chemotherapy that improve out, improves outcomes for appropriately selected women. So then your role obviously is not that there wasn't finesse involved more, but you can, you can, like you're saying, you can strike that right balance that maybe you couldn't the way uh, the, the science directed you to do the treatment years ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, so now, you know, surgery is much more nuanced. It's much more um, cosmetic, uh, not because we are, we are um, elevating cosmesis above good cancer care, but rather we're, we're able to provide both. So rather than just doing a disfiguring modified radical mastectomy, that's, you know, the same surgery today. We're doing a lumpectomy and some radiation, and women leave with um, a a healthy, normal-looking breast for the most part and and having an an equivalent um, survival outcome. We're visiting with Dr. John. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, so it's really really opened up many great options for women. Well, and we'll explore those in further detail. Uh, Dr. Drosch is kind to hang with us for one more segment. Dr. John Drosch, a breast and general surgeon with the Catholic Clinic Medical Group here in the Tri-Cities, talking all things cancer care, in particular breast cancer care in the community. Back with our remaining minutes of Cadillac on Call right after this. You're listening to Cadillac on Call on 610 KONA. This program provides general information only. Any comments or information presented are strictly for educational purposes. Cadillac and 610 KONA do not endorse any of the suggestions made by the presenter or callers. Now back to Cadillac on Call. Once again, Jim Hall. Continuing our discussion on cancer care in the Tri-Cities and bring your attention to a presentation happening on Tuesday, the 17th of November, virtually at 3 o'clock. It's a, the title, Cancer Risk Reduction, Understanding What You Can Control. So there will be medical experts from the Tri-Cities Cancer Center and some therapy and fitness organizations around the Tri-Cities talking about the different ways that we as uh, patients uh, can re- reduce our risk, the things that we have in our control to help us uh, keep our cancer risk low. And that's happening Tuesday, November 17th at 3 p.m. It's happening via Facebook Live. I'm just going to refer you to the Cancer Center's website at tccancer.org. You can go find out how you can log in and take part in that discussion on the 17th of November at 3 o'clock. We have a few minutes left with Dr. John Drosch, a breast and general surgeon with Catholic Clinic's Medical Group. And Dr. Drosch, before we let you go, maybe on that very topic of 
of the role that patients play in not only the prevention side, but just the, the, the overall, if they get a diagnosis of cancer, of how important their role is in, in their treatment and recovery? Sure. Um, I think probably one of the, the most important roles that a patient plays in this whole process is to advocate for themselves and ask questions. We are, we are here to provide as much help as we possibly can. We're here to guide patients through the program. You know, as, as I've heard before, and which is a great, and it's a great saying is that we are all just patients taking care of patients. And so, um, you know, as much as patients can, can ask questions, advocate for themselves, and let us know how we can help them, um, I think it'll make uh, make for a, a much better um, process, especially for a process that is uh, that that is you know very concerning at times. When I get to have the opportunity to have uh, surgeons and, and physicians and medical experts like you on our program, I always, I from time to time, like to ask kind of a personal question of how, uh, what, why you do what you do. And, and now that you've, you seem to have moved toward more of a focus on breast surgery in particular, but talk a little bit about the why for you in being a patient, taking care of other patients. Sure. Well, uh, you know, it's, it, it all just starts with just a, a desire to help others. I mean, a lot of that stems just from my Catholic faith. I just, I really feel like we are called to help others and and um, and and live out that love for other people that that um, that is so important for our communities. But but also, you know, the part about breast cancer that is that is that I find so enjoyable and interesting. Not that I enjoy patients getting breast cancer, but but you know, it's you have the opportunity to participate in probably one of the most vulnerable parts or times in, in someone's life and being able to help them through that and, and navigate those very difficult questions. Um, I, I really feel that I, I just want to be a part of that. I want to make sure it's done right. I want to make sure patients are cared for. And so to, you know, to, to be a part of that process in someone's life, even if it's just for a short time, at least, you know, when you go to bed at night, you, you put them in the right direction and you've done everything you can to make sure that they're going to to live the fight another day. And so for me, that that's what drives me is, is, you know, just knowing that this is a very detailed, nuanced process. And, um, you know, you just want to make sure that it's done right. And, and you brought up a really good point, I think, certainly for the patient, the individual patient themselves. But in most cases, that patient has loved ones that are involved in that treatment and that care and and they're you know they're they're living right along with that that was that diagnosis and treatment and and so th- there's more than just the patient yeah that, that's right um you know especially spouses i mean they, they uh they certainly play an important role and, and we they sometimes get forgotten um they a little marginalized because and we're so focused on their wife or sister or aunt that's going through it um, but, you know, we just want to make sure that we're reaching out to them and, and supporting them so that they can, in turn, provide the best support they can for their loved ones. And uh, it, 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 we have a lot of resources at the Cancer Center for that. And we also, you know, I think just have a lot of really great people working in our program that will, um, you know, acknowledge that the importance of their role and, and help them through it. 
maybe take 30 seconds of you. You've kind of started that little closing comment, but maybe just that reassurance that uh, of the team and the collaborative team that is available when someone gets a breast cancer diagnosis, maybe that parting message from your perspective. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great um, ending point. Um, we have everything that we need here in the Tri-Cities. Uh, you know, I, when I first came here 15 years ago, we had parts of it. But, but I really think that we've collected all the important pieces and not just having the pieces. I mean, you can have a, a, a box of puzzle pieces and dump it out on the table. And although all the pieces are there, it still doesn't all fit together. But we've really taken the time and the effort uh, to put together something that is comprehensive and a beautiful uh, picture that, that really provides patients the care that they need. And so we have it all here, and I really feel like with our breast, nav- breast uh, cancer navigation to all the players in our program, we provide comprehensive, excellent care here in the Tri-Cities. Dr. John Droge, a general surgeon, breast surgeon here with the Tri-Cities, part of that multidisciplinary team on call all the time, ready to take care of patients uh, when they're needed. Thanks to Dr. Droge, thanks to Dr. Mandel, and thanks to Dr. Man- uh, Gamboa for joining us tonight. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again next Wednesday night.